Today's podcasts come with another special thanks to Get Living. The guys hosted us in one of their show apartments in East Village, which overlooked the Queen Elizabeth Park a few weeks back. Today, we're at Elephant Central, which, as the name suggests, is right at the heart of buzzing Elephant and Castle. Their words, not ours. (laughs) (laughs) Get Living is leading the charge for a better way of renting across the UK. They're not your normal landlord. Their proposition is simple. No fees, no deposits, and longer tendencies. You can find out more by visiting www.getliving.com. The Bulls are shown. The Bulls are shown. The Bulls are shown. Hello, and welcome to The Bull Sessions, a podcast where we delve into the lives and stories of successful millennials. My name is Henry, and as always, I'm joined by Ross Jeffries. Hello, Henry. And Tom West. Good evening, Martin. For session 16, we are joined by England's sevens player, Will Edwards. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm brilliant, thank you. Very good. <laughs> Excited to be here, back in Elephant and Castle. It's been a little bit of a, a, a long layoff since we've last done ours for uh, circumstances out of our control. Yeah, Martin started his job as well, which is exciting. I have indeed, Do yes. Go, go into that a bit? Uh, we'll, we'll keep it brief. That's boring. <laughs> no, no, it's very exciting. It's just um, not too much time for for this. Not too much time for own personal time. So. Okay, moving on. That's enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it does get a little tedious. Right, boys. Anyway, yeah, well, this is a bit of a, a strange one for the three yeah. of us, isn't it? It's the first session that we've done where we've properly known the insides and outs mm. of, our, of our guest. Hopefully not too much. Yeah, well, we... Mm. Uh, the inside. Too much, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> too much. Um, obviously, we were at school with Will, and oh. he's obviously uh, since left for Greener Pastures. And, uh, <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> what a strange way of saying it, but I've said it anyway. Um, but yeah, anyway, Will, I think you should give our listeners a brief overview of, uh, of, of why you're here today. Where should I start? There's a long, it's a long old road. Sixteen-ish, uh, I think, just yeah, for the timing, yeah, yeah. and then we then we go backwards. Okay. You go as far back as you want, mate. You go back to. Well, I mean, I go back for to the days under five. Yeah. 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 You want. I've played with all three of you. <laughs> um, no, well, yeah, I've been. I was at Tunbridge Wells Rugby Club for what about the age of five until eleven. Most of those spent with West in the corner. Woo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there goes everyone's eardrums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, made a switch to Seven Oaks, which didn't go down too, <laughs> <laughs> too well at school. There was a bit of a rivalry between those two. But at the age of 15, 16, got picked up in the Saracens, Ac- <coughs> Saracens Academy. Where did you get picked up? Because I'm sure I must have been playing in the game and they, I didn't get the letter. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Where did you get picked up? Via Seven Oaks? It or? was, no, so a little bit. So one of the players at Seven Oaks was playing for Saracens, a guy called Zach Farrance. Um, and there was a, uh, they, the, they didn't have enough players for a pre-season game or something that summer for the under-15s or whatever. They needed a prop. <laughs> well, and a hooker at that point. But the, he coach then got in contact with me and just said look we need a 10-15 any chance you're free went up played I think it was two or three games against Northampton Saints on a Saturday in the summer I can't really remember much about it and after that day he said look we'd like you to come back for a six month basically probation see how well you do Um, and it never really stopped from there so it was then from 15 to 18 
three years of some kind of rugby playing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it did stop, didn't it? Quite a lot. Stopped and started. You got, you got a lot yeah. of water boy practice, I seem to remember. I was very good at school at running the waters. Only <laughs> one-handed, though. Mm. I got very good at that. Um, I had a stint of about 18 months where I was just out through injury, played probably 40 minutes in total um, between the ages of 16 and the end of sixth form, really. And we'll get into it further later, but what terms was your injury? Um, it was, so the first one was my ankle, which only kept me out for a month yeah. or two. And then one. from that point onwards, I had my dislocated shoulder, which was th- three times repeated and had to end in some surgery. Should I shut that door? Because there's so many yeah. sirens. Where, 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 where did you get up to? Talk about injury. You're talking injury. about injury. Is, is it worth going to the injury now? I, I think or? it probably yeah, is. Yeah, let's go yeah. into the injury. So talking of the uh, injury, how bad was it? And did that make you, if you were considering possibly pursuing a career in rugby, did you then reassess that with, with, the, with the injuries? Or was it something you just wanted to get over, over and done with and just sort of get back fit and then get back into rugby straight away? Uh, it was a tough few years when I first, when I did it the first time. I had no no doubt that I'd be coming back and doing a lot of rehab, get back playing. As soon as it happened the next time, it got a little bit. I got a little bit more down, but again, after a couple of weeks of sitting on the sofa eating some food, I kind of got right. I want to get back playing. I'm missing it. I'm enjo- I really want to get back and enjoy it. Um, the third time was tough. There was um, I'd done so much. Uh, rehab had one surgery just for like a stabilization um, and to actually come back from that to then get through all of it get to actually playing played 40 minutes and had thought I was fine literally everything had gone out of my head that anything about my shoulder to then happen again was um, <laughs> a, a serious downer but at the same point it was kind of a turning point for me because I knew that I'd then have a very serious surgery which is the latter J which is basically cut some bone off move it screw it in place the shoulder socket shouldn't move again so after I found out that was happening I was like right well my shoulder's going to be probably stronger than my other one let's go on with it the bionicle man yeah, the I, have, I have a few questions for you here Will of course Thomas. first question is at this point of uh, shoulder number three Show number three. What was your outlook like in terms of going pro? Like, how much was that on the cards, and how much were you thinking about it? It because it was at the age, so it was just before uh, upper sixth, so yeah. final year of academy in terms of rugby, uh, and final year of school rugby, which is also a bit of a, a mindset of wanting to really give that a crack. Mm-hmm. Final year, give it, finish with the boys strong. The boys. The, um, at that point, there wasn't a lot of thinking to the future. There was yeah. more focus on getting back and playing. It was a, there was a point when I was when this well, it took a while to go back in, so it was a, a pretty gruesome one. At a point during that, where I was seriously sitting on the table, going, "Is it worth to come back through it?" It was very tough for the last time, um, but having. Seeing, it was in the physio bed at Bristol where I did it. A few of the players came in and just tapped me on the shoulder and said, you'll come back stronger. The should coach have tapped you on the shoulder, should they? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a stupid idea. Yeah, Who was it? Yeah. yeah, it was okay before that. Uh, yeah, tapped me on the other shoulder. Um, but apart from that, well, that, and then a few coaches did the same. 
and that just kind of put everything back at ease thinking there's I want to play rugby it's what I love doing don't worry about it go through it it'll be fine it'll, it's been a long recovery but it'll be worth it so are you thinking like just get back playing or turn pro <laughs> it was I mean I, there was always been a dream to turn pro mm-hmm. ever since I could start playing rugby slightly seriously um, but at that point it was definitely more about getting back playing yeah than anything else I didn't really everything else that came with it was going to be a bonus and did you find it difficult to kind of get back to the standards yeah. was there ever a drop in standards or when you were ready was it kind of uh, kind of almost as if you just left it there was a drop in standards definitely it took quite a while because it weirdly enough because it was upper body getting back to passing which is obviously quite a big part of rugby now yeah. um, that was probably the toughest part the tackling side of things, I don't think I ever got full confidence back until about midway through my first year at uni. Shit. I kind of got, I could do it. I knew I could do it and it was fine, mm-hmm. but I never got full confidence back until quite a while after. Should have got some tackling lessons from uh, Mr. Woodman's <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely making the edit, although he probably doesn't listen to it. No, he does. He loves it. Oh, does yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's good. Um, Will, do you remember your first game back from that injury? I do. Were you all there? Yeah, well, I was going yeah, to say, you, you were, were there. there. Oh, was, it that, was it that one? At the HAC. HAC? No, 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 no. Oh. Which one? It was... Um, Oh, I, wrong. It was Sarries v Wasps. Wasps. I didn't go there. Yeah. I didn't Park. go. Goal rugby term had unfortunately finished and the boys couldn't do me a job and get through to the next round of the National Cup. But hey, it's what it is. Um, so my first game back was a under-18 game, league game for Saracens against Wasps. I think I came on for literally like 10 minutes at the end on the wing. I don't remember a lot of it. There was a lot of adrenaline. And I was just trying to run around, do stuff, feel like I could play again. Um, but that, I do remember it vividly. I think, well, I do think you were there, West. Yeah, I remember it. My dad was definitely there. Yeah, your mum was there um, because she was, was breaking there. it. And they were all, I mean, they were probably breaking it a little bit more than I was. But yeah, I, was, I do remember that moment. Yeah, how, how have your injuries affected yeah. your home life or relationship with <laughs> your... It is in... They, you, they, they must be always slightly worried or is your mum oh, scared right. um, my mum went through a phase of not liking uh, mainly because of the injuries not liking watching basically she knew that it was a little bit of a tensive subject so when I got injured the first couple of times she stayed away for a while my dad went along because he loved watching and he just loved rugby so he was always going to be there but he has told me since that it was some of the most nervous times because yeah, Coming back from the third time, he was very, he was very, got, he became very superstitious because he'd been, <laughs> he'd been at all the other ones that he, should he be there kind of thing. Yeah. But he got over that and he now, he now loves watching me play, but yeah. in a, in a different way. Was he wearing his uh, lucky undies? <laughs> I probably, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm, I do, I do think he has a pair. I've never <laughs> seen them, but. Shout out to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say about this will but um through the injury period because obviously your first game back was was with sari's academy which was like pretty big big thing considering how long you've been like out for um what was their support like through that kind of period 
And how does it differ being linked to a professional club yeah. as opposed to just playing at school and True. then getting injured? Massive. I would mean, you guys probably remember I was traveling Tuesday, Thursday. Dad was driving me up mm. to get just for a physio session up at Saracens, which was an hour, an hour and a half on a good day. Um, so to go up, to have that physio, to have the contact constantly throughout the week, it's very beneficial for how quickly you can then come back and how stable it'll be. Having, well, my brother is a prime example. You guys all know how many times he's done his shoulder about, mm-hmm. I don't know, 13, 14. Um, and because of that and because he didn't have the access to the physio, I don't know how whether his shoulders will ever be as strong again, whereas I feel like mine probably is stronger. Helps when it's made out of metal, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> Just as you hit a tackle, thunk, I can <laughs> hear the clinking of metal and the, the bolts. I've got a question. Yeah. Are there any worries that later in life your shoulder will be hindered because of all the surgery you've had at such a young age? Especially mobility-wise, yeah. I'd have thought it was probably the primary concern. Is I, there like extra exercises you have to do now just in case? Yeah, ev- it, there's, there's still a lot of uh, prehab, I guess is what it's called, just like consistently making sure the movement's correct. I, I do have um, restricted movement. Um, you boys have probably seen my funny mm-hmm. show with my arms going up and down. Terrible YMCA. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it, it doesn't, I can't quite get the M, but I can get the C. Um, the, so there, it will be a little bit of a factor, but because I've now, it's now a factor of that's just the normal for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will ever it'll affect me from now onwards because I've got used to it. It was a weird thing to get used yeah. to, but now that it's now the norm, it's going to be fine. I love it. So you're playing for Saracens. Yeah. Still just about. Uh, no, so you, yeah. So you were still at secondary school playing for Saracens. Yeah. Then you obviously have to make the transition from secondary school to university. Mm. What happens there in terms of your rugby career? It was an interesting time. As I said, it was. I was more focused about getting back playing. The fact that I then got to play, I think it was about four in the academy league games that year. Um, and then also the school Roslyn Park Sevens, oh. which was actually a, we did pretty well. We didn't get in the team. We, were <laughs> we um, to actually get back playing, get some minutes under the belt, was um, kind of the goal. When we obviously with the Saracens, the way it worked, you kind of have a meeting about right, is there a prospect for you getting a contract next year? And at that point, I'd played what forty minutes probably in the last. Yeah, so they were thinking, and I was thinking it was very unlikely. Um, they were very keen to keep in contact with me, so I still, later on, I then did play a game for them, um, which I'll come on to later. But it was kind of agreed that because of the amount of rugby I played, it just it wouldn't really work. So carried on as normal, looked then at universities. Um, I ended up getting a place at Loughborough, which... Is obviously very good for sport, rugby in particular. Um, but within between that time of accepting my place at Loughborough and actually going, I had a phone call from Don Barrel, I think it was at the time, who said, look, we're going to give you a one-year go Crazy. at Saris just to see, because we think you can progress nicely if you do the right things, if you're playing rugby a lot. So at this point, I'd 
already known that I, I was already knowing I was going to uni, found this out, didn't know how it was going to work with both. Um, but both were actually very, very good at it. The Saris were very keen for me to go and play because obviously Loughborough have a national one side, which if I made it in would be perfect to get 30 games a year, mm-hmm. which is what I've been missing out of the last three years. Um, so that was a positive. They then linked very well. And because of all of this, it kind of was an ideal situation studying, but still having the chance of becoming a professional rugby player. Just picking you up Madness. on one thing you said there, 30 games a year is like quite heavy in terms of a workload. <laughs> yes. Was that? Yeah. It's, I mean, I didn't manage 30, but that wasn't necessarily due to injury. That was sometimes just due to being away on holiday or... Or the like. So, thirty games of national one is full on. There's starts first weekend of September. Um, has a break at Christmas. Normally only one weekend. Uh, sometimes two. Has another break at Easter, and then ends. Uh, I think beginning of May. So it's literally That's a September. Long time. Yeah, mm. September to May. Playing every Saturday whilst being at uni. It's quite a tough thing to to do. Can we talk about? Uh, the old Sarri's debut. The best day of our lives. Best day of our lives. <laughs> it was... Forget yeah, well. I was going to say, what it was a day. hell of a 48 hours. Was it 48 hours? Don't know, mate. Oh, Don't remember was any about of it. that. No, because we, uh, we had our muck-up day. Yeah. The day after. So, uh, well, I'd, I'd say probably 24. From the moment yeah. of watching yeah. and playing to the, to the end of muck-up day. Are, yeah. So this was what, like May? Must have been. Of our last must year of school. Yeah, it must have been May. May 2014. Maybe June. We've gone a, a bit um, in reverse in the timeline. Yeah, we have. But we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with the university. <laughs> yeah, in a yeah. I just thought that... Um, no, no, it's great. Great story. Because <coughs> you... How long before that did you know about the contract? Because I'm pretty Minimal. sure you told us like the day before. I think we'd been... I can't... I just remember... No one really knew about the contract. No. It was it was very very recent. I feel like that m- week just before I'd been Easter or something, and mm. we'd done I'd done some training or I can't really remember up at Sarries. Um, then got the call the following week, and then it was either the, the same week or the next week mm. was leaving and the HAC game. So it was all very, very sudden, all kind of going on. I think even on the phone call when I was off, offered the contract, it was, he also said, and you'll be playing in this game. So I feel like it was kind of within the same week. And you guys only found out, obviously, a couple of hours after me. And then I had to find a way to get up there and watch. So the HAC is like a military ground in the yeah. heart of London. It's, it's right, by Finsbury, yeah. 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 Park. right by Finsbury yeah. Park. Honorary Art- Artillery Company, something like that. Or club. It it's one for. of them, yeah. What but yeah, so we watch Will, obviously, literally in the heart of heart of London. Yeah. Well, I'd like to add there, not quite buzzing as Elephant and Castle. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Elephant and Castle. Not ours. Buzzing. Come to Elephant and Castle, get living. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we that was our first real... Like group trip to watch you play rugby, it was. wasn't it? It was fantastic to look out into the crowd and see you all in oh, <laughs> very, very word. small skinners blazers, short shorts, shorts, and vests. Yeah, vest ties around your head. Yeah, like it was so stupid, Mate, so embarrassing. But God, great. we did love it. What it was. Day. I mean, it was a hell of a day for both reasons of playing and then having you guys there and then getting down, having to then encompass going maybe for a few drinks to celebrate. And then going straight into muck up day the next day. It was a very whirlwind 
I don't know, like 18 hours, I guess, 24 hours. That day it was like written in the stars. Yeah. Like, I remember we placed ourselves in kind of behind the tri behind yeah. the tri line in one corner. You did. And we were we were stood there and you came out and went, Oh bloody hell, Will's Will's gonna score in this corner, Will's gonna score in this corner. <laughs> five minutes ten later. Minutes later. <laughs> oh five or ten, yeah. Whatever. Fifteen, whatever, I don't remember. <laughs> Will bloody goes and scores in the corner. I did, yeah. That was We lost our shit. I was gonna say that's a pretty nice little debut, I guess. In a group like in a ground, sorry, full of like businessmen, yeah. women that had just left the office for the week. And then they had to put up with us idiots, <laughs> like relatively drunk and just absolutely going mad. And they and they really like they, they in comparison, them. but they had no they they had no real connection to the game. No, they were, no, they no. were just watching no. it because it was on. We were hundred percent invested. Hundred percent invested. And you're I'm pretty sure. Sorry, Will. I was going to say you're probably the loudest there as well. Yeah, <laughs> fucking <laughs> yeah, right. <Boy. laughs> there was that uh, the uh, old Skinner's bloke came yeah, over and Nick bought us Myers, beers. Yeah. Yeah. Really? So yeah, recognize, they recognised the, yeah. the Blazers. Did they? You Your dad bought us beers not, as well. Yeah, of course. You yeah. couldn't yeah. not see us. We were getting bloody mental in the corner. Good on number um, one. But yeah, where were we? On the, so obviously Loughborough is arguably one of the best sporting universities in the world. Is there when you're on campus and you get into like the teams? Is there like a American college sort of? Oh my god, they're the big boys. Jocks on campus sort of thing. Um, I would say no because Loughborough has so many sporting. Like facilities like the athletics there is ridiculous so although we'd like to think that's probably what it was it <laughs> definitely wasn't we were there's no chance there was a jock mentality when we were I walking around i've heard i can't remember who it was i've spoken to people uh who knew people at loughborough and i was like oh do you know where he plays rugby and they're like oh will Ebers. i was like yeah 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 <laughs> now, you're a celebrity <laughs> i wouldn't big name. Nah, i think it was the the advantage of the uh, status that the national one held for the uni the fact that that was a big pull for prospective students and also when people looked at us playing they were like oh right their their box one side is technically their second team how does that work um it was definitely a rising factor for it that's where we were it, in terms of on the campus and there was a few there's obviously other people on the same par across different sports but rugby definitely had a nice little um goal with that how how did the the trial system work Cause how, how were you selected for national ones or, or whatever team people were selected in do you have to go to a, a, attend a, a trial day or there are, well i mean there's there's the normal fr fresher trials yep. um did which, you have to do that no, I didn't. I was going to oh, say, slap yeah. the Saris come back down. Yeah. Cheers, lads. Make sure you dick. <laughs> no, but there, we, there are quite a few that came through the fresher trial system and played in that one. So I'm pretty certain there's a guy currently who's signed for uh, Worcester, a guy called Isaac Miller. He was... Hooker. Yeah, Hooker. Yeah. He was my captain in my third year. Yeah, third year there. And he's went through the fresher trial process, got picked up, played Bucks two, found out there was absolutely tearing up, got wow. pushed to Bucks one. Next year was playing that one. Like it's kind of it does happen, but there's also a way of because um, of the way the high standards Loughborough try and hold for the rugby. They have obviously they hold pre-season, and some guys get asked along to that. Mm -hmm. If you might normally only if you have an unconditional offer. Um, but they then get asked along once they've received their results. So they have the coaches have an idea of 
guys leaving academies or just high performing rugby players and they will ask them along to a pre-season it's only short because of the exams released in what july or august so it's only a few weeks before term starts but that's not that's how i made my way up i then got went through pre-season and managed to bolster my way into the starting team which is quite legend, fortunate mate. you're a legend good work mate and we, we kind of touched on it very briefly so you're at university and you're, you're playing this amount of, of rugby how did you cope with the academic side of, of, of uni? <laughs> <laughs> nice one Martin uh, good, good topic this good topic <laughs> you've got to ask some but, difficult questions but you do almost have to when you're playing that much rugby you have to juggle something yeah, yeah. There, there is a serious balance and the guys there at the moment will say exactly the same thing. Um, it is about talking to coaches, whether you need to miss training for a, an essay that you've left the last minute or whatever. There is, a, there is a lot of conversations that go on. My first year was pretty pretty full on because I was doing, my, my course required like 30 hours a week or maybe just less. So doing that alongside training Tuesday, Thursday, morning and evening meant yeah. that those days were 12 hour minimum days mm. so it was pretty full on and then when I was playing on a Saturday didn't really get the weekend off as most uni students would um it was pretty pretty tough to get through it but it's obviously paid off I got what I needed to to get into second year um which is all that was required and managed to get I think it was 27 <laughs> games out of rugby sure. that year which was Again, exactly what I needed for my rugby career. And all the time, sorry, at this moment, is 15 aside? Yeah, all 15s. Yeah, yeah. All 15s. So I just wanted to check that you went um, to those 30 hours a week, Will. I did for the first two weeks. No, I was, I made enough, enough to, to get me through, yeah, mm. to get me through with the grades needed. Um before we move to the uh, like the rest of your university and then on to sevens, obviously, can we talk about how that the Saris was going alongside this? Like, how was that fitting in with your university rugby? Yeah, so this was actually probably one of the things that made it that first year even more full on. So whenever I was not training with Loughborough or not at uni. I was then down training with Saris. So with those weeks off that most guys had at Christmas, I would be straight in down training with them. Um, so in terms of actually having a rest period, I didn't really have one until the summer. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of rugby, a lot of traveling, um, but it was definitely worth it, I think. And surely a, a lot of strain on your newly recovered shoulder. It was, but at the same point, it was exactly what it needed. It was mm. it was being put through a lot of tests, a lot of big blokes, a lot of <laughs> quick blokes. There's a big variety in National 1. So a few like Ross, a few like Westy. Um, yeah. <laughs> big blokes like me. I don't know which, yeah, I'm not sure which category I fall, fall into there. I think um, you all know. Yeah. Let the <laughs> listeners decide. I'm quick if I'm literally free-falling. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... So in the terms of the shoulder strain, it was definitely what it needed. It needed to be put in those positions. Otherwise, I was never going to be able to get back to a level that I wanted to play. And 
was going to end up playing. And we talk about the physical strain, playing that much and juggling that much. What about the mental strain? Was there like a certain, like where you were getting to a level where you were almost realising that you were pretty much at your capacity in terms of dealing with anything or dealing with something new? Yeah, it was tough. It was, that was probably, like you said, the physical strain was not enjoyable in terms of I was sore a lot, but apart from that, it was worth it. And your body just recovers, whereas mentally it was actually quite tiring. I was getting very tired throughout the year, early nights and everything. But the what I've learned from it is that it's obviously a bit of a cliche that but going through the tough ones, tough times definitely brings out something better in, like, afterwards. And it was definitely probably the toughest year in terms of balancing everything going on. But to come out of it the other side, knowing that I'd passed my degree, I was on to the next year, I got that sorted. I'd done the rugby, I'd got my shoulder sorted. Everything kind of went, right, cool, it's fine now. And then I can go from here. And it was a tough year. Um, I'm pretty certain I caught it with you, four, you boys a few times for a couple of drinks. And it was very nice to just do nothing. Mm. But apart from that, it was a seriously fell on, yeah. And then you made yeah. uh, like a f- kind of full Saris debut that year yeah. as well, right? There was, so then that year I played maybe one or two A-League games uh, and then an LV, I believe, Yeah. which was down in very, very cold Wales. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was, I think, my f- official first like senior cap, as it were, starting at fifth fullback. Did you get, a, did you get given a cap? Uh, no, no, not for that one. I got given a um like a photo of me playing that day as a with saying first cap underneath it that's cool which is pretty cool yeah, which is nice. effectively the same same thing but no not not an actual cap which is annoying yeah gutting yeah but then so where are we at this point in your rugby career yeah, end of first year so end of first year end of first year so, and, and at this point you're already playing in like the nat one team yeah i yeah fortunate enough started again first half of the year was playing on the wing don't know, there was obviously something that was seen that I could do. Then midway through the year, made the transition to fly half, which is a more comfortable position for myself. Um, so I managed to get, like I said, 20, I think it was about 27 games worth of rugby in, plus the couple for Saris as well. Man. And then, and then, so you got to the end of that first year, uh, which was what, like two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, the end of 2015. Ages. And then... So then, what what was the next step? Like, what happened from there? Um, so there was a, there was a step uh, setback in terms of rugby career. There, Saris had, despite uh, putting investment for me for a year and seeing how I progressed, I hadn't quite progressed as quickly as they'd needed or wanted me to. So that was the end of my time at Saracens, as it were, which is sad um, because I'd been there since fifteen and it, I loved playing there. I loved the culture they had. Um, but it then meant for two more years at least I could just focus on playing for Loughborough and try and get a lot of enjoyment in it and just Mm -hmm. see where it goes Mm -hmm. what did you feel about your prospects when when they said this to you when they were like goodbye it was it was reassuring to know that I could play that level Mm -hmm. but at the same point it was definitely a bit of am I good enough to play it I've played there so I've played a couple of games but was it, am I, was I actually good enough? Was I standing out? Was I doing the right things? 
and should I actually be looking at slightly lower level? Did you think that could have been your rugby peak, playing one cold day in Wales? Like, potentially, to a yeah, extent, yeah, you did potentially. Think that could have been it. I didn't want it to, and yeah. I was going to try and do everything I could to not. But yeah, but there I, was that like there was almost a re- nagging thought in the back yeah. of your mind. It might have been. Yeah, a bit of a realization that having a year at Saris, getting that game done, then being released could be the end of my professional career, as it were. So then you, so you, you played the next two years, or did you? Because I can never remember if you finished university <laughs> or you split one yeah. year. Well, I, was trying to say, I don't know if you finished university. Well, I've actually starting again up this year. Oh yeah. So I've deferred my third year. Um, to give sevens a go last yep. year, and I'm now doing part time this year. Are you ever going to finish? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Good, I hope It'd so. be a forty year old student. I was going to say I will I be... started this course twenty five <laughs> years ago. Wouldn't have done because he'd have been fifteen at that point. That's quick maths. <laughs> quick math. Quick before we, before we move on, have you um, kept in contact with anyone from Saracens? When I, I not avidly when I see them. So I've seen Don Barrel around a couple of times because he's now working for the RFU. Um, and when I see him, it's oh, it's a great to have a little catch up. We have a nice conversation and coffee. But other than that, I haven't kept in contact a lot with Saris, the players, because they're obviously gone on their journey. And you're too big time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd actually go oh, say they're who? too big time for me now. <laughs> Marrow, but, who? <laughs> but it was definitely a like a parting way. I kept in contact for a few months after, but then. After when I went to uni, I kind of went my separate way a bit. That's crazy. I don't even know where to go next. Well, I don't know what the next part of the story is. I think it has to be has to be like the the foray into sevens. The foray. Yeah. How your so why how yeah. your luck changed? Yeah. Why? Well, did you pick sevens or did you get sort of scouted and then um, go? Oh, he's not good enough for fifteens, but we're uh, we're whacking in our <laughs> England sevens team. It was. It was, I don't really know, to be honest. It was a bit of a whirlwind year when it happened. So I'd played, after being released, I then played, uh, carried on playing at Loughborough for the following year, I think until, what was that, 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. I think I may have done until about May as a season, but couldn't remember. I think that was... Yeah, I think I should play the whole season at Loughborough, not worrying about anything, just trying to get a lot of enjoyment out of playing. Making um, some real good highlight reels, by the way. Yeah, the first one was Check a little bit out. long. I have to give a little bit of shout out to my brother for that. He was he pretty much he put it that. all together. How how can we how can we see these? Are they still on YouTube? I they are, think mate. they are. Get yeah. them in the description. What can we search? I guess you probably search England then. Sevens highlights now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Frizz one tap tackle, but we we have hey, to. We'll re- we got to yeah. remind me of that later. Yeah, that was a, that was a viral hit. That was okay. Yeah, we're, okay, we edit this bit. I'm just so excited. <laughs> yeah, I can't say it quick enough. Probably so, so well, you're playing yeah. for Loughborough, playing at quite a high level, yeah. playing at ten, which you prefer. Yeah. So you're actually probably playing better rugby. Yeah, and then what happens? You're playing at Loughborough. What happens? Do you get your so, little Hogwarts letter in the post, or <laughs> do you get a phone call? It was saying that um, are so once as Wes alluded to my highlights reel I at the end of my second year I made a highlights reel because I was again I was still looking to go professional whether that be alongside studying so at the end of that year I put one together excuse me um, carried on sort of was I had an agent at that point to see if there's anything oh, coming in and out um, anything offers and 
um, it wasn't even through my agent. I got a call from Simon Amor um, saying that he'd seen it or had heard of some play that I'd been doing or something. And at that point, he was England Sevens head coach? Yeah, he was England at that point. What did he see? He phoned you up? Yeah, he gave me a call. Out, and literally out of the blue? Yeah, I I had no... No, like I didn't know it was going to come, so I literally picked it up and it was Simon Amor on the other end. Hello, it's um, uh, Simon Amor. Um, who? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> who are you, mate? And it was Saracen's coach. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a bit of a, a, well, a massive shock. Where were you at the time? I was in my Loughborough house, walking up and down the corridor, pacing because I was quite nervous. Now that I realised who it was, um, but he just asked if I could come down for, I think it was a week's training, just to see what it was like, get meet him, meet the players, meet the other coaches. Um, it was very informal. It was just like, come and have a, we would like to see what you could do in a training situation. Um, so I did that, I think, about a month later. But um, went down for two, I think it was a week, maybe two weeks training. Met all the guys, did some training. Wasn't allowed to do all of it. And that's because of playing on Saturdays and stuff like that still. Um, and then after that, uh, didn't hear, I think much for a while. He said he'd keep in contact. And then in the summer was asked to go and do a couple of the IPF, England IPF tournaments. So which is the premiership teams? Is that that one or? Uh, no, that is the. It's that singer, isn't it? Yeah, that That's singer. So I, England IPF is a charity, uh, sevens team, but it was at that point used for people like me and to give them a bit of an opportunity to play on a elite sevens. Um, it's cool. I think there's actually a course, like, what um, is it? Um, is it like the... Um, it's like the, the 24 the sevens. Country, 24, yeah. It's a bit like that, but at that point it was... Wooden Spoon I mean, have different. a team, don't they? Thomas yeah. White, uh, Tom Whiteley. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, he coached in, as well. In quite a decent team. Yeah. Um, he played the Tommy yeah. didn't he? Drizzlers. Yeah. Drizzlers. <laughs> that was probably my first hit into sevens well, I was going to say, between, like, obviously we played sevens at school mm. and then old Simon giving you the cool. Did you play any sevens at Loughborough? Uh, not in my first year um, because of how tough it had been. I'd said, right, I'm going to give myself the summer off mm. just to relax, rest, which wasn't the best idea in terms of coming back in good shape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never been in good shape, but anyway. Mm, true. Um, so that was... Uh, that second year summer, second year of uni summer, was probably the first time since school I played sevens. I tried to play for Saris and the singer sevens, but managed to knock myself out. Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Did you play for Saints or was you that? Saints I, yeah, that? but that was then in my third and year. you played against Wasps trying to make a covering tackle and you got knocked out, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, so Saris, a... I was trying to catch, I think it was Tom Howe, he was on the wing. Um, went for a tap tackle, which... <laughs> Yeah, wasn't a great idea. Knocked myself out. Uh, didn't play for the rest of the tournament. So that was a bit of a frustration. But that was probably my my last foray into sevens until the second year summer with Damn. the England IPF stuff. I remember that. I remember, oh, yeah, Will's on TV. Will's on yeah, TV. televised. Well, <laughs> was it televised? Yeah, yeah it was. Sports. Sports. Yeah. yeah. And Will dives at a tackle and then ever, we were like, where's <laughs> Will? Like, he's just yeah. not played. He's First not played two minutes of the, of the whole tournament. tournament. I remember what, that. What a disappointment. I yeah. was like, oh, absolutely gutted. Ruined my weekend, I think that did. <laughs> I was so excited. I remember yeah, being yeah. so Buzzing. weirdly excited. But they didn't say, like, oh, 
they didn't show you or they didn't show no, well, anything. It was just like, where's he gone? Yeah. Like, he's literally just gone off. Unfortunately, he did round me to score, so they're probably more focused on the try mm, than true. me getting knocked out. It was very innocuous, though. It was a very an odd way of, hap- of doing it, but it was, I was definitely... Uh, I was definitely knocked out. This is mad. So, Simon's given you the call. You've done the training. Yeah. You played in the um, IPF tournaments. <clears throat> yeah, there was a couple. I can't remember how many, but there were a few that summer. And then back to university? Like, what was the yeah. contact like with, with the Sevens at this point? It was then a bit of a flowing conversation, just saying, look, we're go back to uni. you obviously got your next year to do. Uh, we keep in contact. There'll be more tournaments that we'd like to get you involved in. Um, which is obviously fantastic for then Loughborough boys were getting looked at if they were looking if they were watching my games and stuff. So it was kind of like a two way um two way thing. And then I think that winter, so it was twenty sixteen, seventeen twenty sixteen, seventeen, yeah. That winter I got called to play for in Kenya. Which was my first Amazing Academy tournament as mm-hmm. it were. I was still at uni. And they were keeping in contact with me. Went out to Kenya with um, a bunch of the other new academy guys who'd just been um, selected or got contracted that year. Do you uh, remember the time when you got the call? Was, was that a big moment? Or uh, I don't remember. That, I don't remember that one um, that vividly. Uh, I do remember arriving and being handed some kit which was probably at that point one of the best one of the best moments getting some of the cat well, some of the kit with the, the rose on it mm-hmm. but i don't actually remember when i found out yeah. to be honest all a bit of a blur all a bit of a blur and then from that point onwards probably until today it's been a very very whirlwind couple of years i think that is so you play in kenya almost more of a as a development tournament yeah other than anything else. But then how do you make that jump from effectively a development squad to travelling on a World Series and literally bumping shoulders with like the biggest names in the sport? Um, I don't know. It was... So I played the, in Kenya, which I think was in the December time, maybe November, because it was quite cold back in England, obviously pretty warm out in Kenya. Um <laughs> But, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> but I then played uh, another one. Oh, I then played Dubai. That's what it was. The Dubai. So they're alongside the main World Series tournament. There's an invitational tournament, and there's, there's loads of tournaments going on. There's social, there's elite. There's the the one that we played in, which is basically one step down from uh, the World Series. So I got after the Kenya one. I got asked to play for in that one as well. Went out to Dubai. This was in December that year. Um, played in it we actually ended up winning it which was very impressive considering that some of the teams we had to play against there was a very strong South Africa Academy side very strong Irish side um, and we had to beat both of them to actually win and we beat the South Africans in the final playing on the main pitch so that was the next progression it was kind of like a, two development tournaments um, at this point I was still in contact with Simon getting down for training every now and then a week here, maybe two weeks. Um, but it wasn't anything formal. It was just kind of like, are you free to come down this week, etc. Um, and then it must have been, what was it, Vancouver. So it was March time. No, Vancouver. I remember. So this was Vancouver. 20, 
what year are we? 2018, 2017. 17. And this is your first team debut as part of the yeah. squads, though, at this point. you They take 12 yeah. in the actual match day squad, and then there's a 13th man. Yes. Were you 13th man for I that? I was 13th, yeah. Obviously, on the first day, if they get pick up an injury, the 13th yeah. man gets cooled. Yeah, which was actually a new rule they brought in that year. And that happens. Yeah. Obviously, so you're... How do you go out there with the mindset of going, effectively, you're not going to play? If everything goes well, you're yeah. not going to play. I went out there more in a state of awe and trying to be like, this is incredible. Take as much of it in as you can. I'm not going to, might not get this experience again, rather than thinking I'm not going to play. If I got to play, it was going to be... A bonus. An, yeah, panic a, stations. Yeah, serious <laughs> panic stations, <laughs> adrenaline everywhere. Yeah. But going out there as 13th, knowing that I'd, if, like you said, if it went well, I wouldn't be playing, but I would be able to watch in the stadium, take everything in, learn from what they were doing before and after games, doing all the reviews, everything like that was more what I was looking at in terms of my progression and potential career in sevens rather than potentially playing. And it ended up, unfortunately, AJ got injured AJ on the first day. AJ did his day. knee, didn't he, yeah. quite yeah. badly? Very, yeah, it was a very innocuous, but yeah, he got um, landed on his knee badly. Um, so went down. I think I was in the second game against Chile. Um, so then you can then come in. So I was 13th, came in for that day, but didn't play in the last game. I think we needed to win it to go through. So you didn't play on the first day? Didn't play on the first day. Then what happens that evening? Um, Were your parents out there at the time? And do you go, Dad, like this is <laughs> it's happening? I didn't. They weren't out there. <laughs> but as soon as I... It's happening! Because as soon as... <laughs> Dad, fly out here! <laughs> <laughs> I think as soon as <laughs> in the office. No, no, go on, go on, go on. You've, no, no. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. No, no, come on, come on. No, say it. No, go on, no, go on. It's fine. Right. Oh, boys, we'll be silent until it happens. It's the classic line where it's like, nobody panic. Yeah. Was that worth it? Yeah, it was actually worth it. Yeah. No, but so I, I found out I was going to be in for the in the twelve effectively after that game. <clears throat> would then wouldn't wouldn't have time to message anyone really until the evening so I tried to get a few messages out to I think you boys and my parents at that time just to say look this is what's happened there's a potential for me getting on um, and I remember all you boys going a bit mad saying right what times are all the games are we going to yeah. tune in what's happening I think it was um, early wasn't it like yeah well time different yes yeah. Time difference, Vancouver's, I think, what, eight hours ahead or behind, one of them? It's ahead. So it's pretty, yeah. I mean, middle of the night, whatever was happening, really. Second day came around. We had, I can't remember who we played in the quarters. Um, this bit's still all a bit of a blur to me. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you have Fiji. Then got Fiji. And, I mean, everyone knows, well, everyone, but, I know what everyone thinks of Fiji in sevens. It's kind of, they are sevens. Like epitomized with the offloads and everything um and it was a not an odd game for me to watch because i'd obviously i'd kind of come into the setup with that opinion of fiji having only ever watched not done a lot of playing um and to then be i think it was 26 7 up just after half time and for simon to look at me and go right go and have a get get ready was um i was kind of well, I don't know what was running through my head. I got up suddenly, gum shield in, don't really know what was going on, got chucked on, 
Try not to cry. Try Wait. not to cry. Try and compose myself. Jesus. What uh, were you expecting? Obviously, you knew that you were now in the 12. And the potential of going on. Potential, potential going on. Yeah. But because of not no disrespect to you, obviously, Will, but because of the point that England were at like, in, the, in the knockouts of, yeah. of this tournament, were you realistically expecting to get on? No, not at all. I had I thought semi-final, it was a semi-finals, and if we won the semi-final, I was thinking, right, just take it all in. Kick you're in back. the shirt. <laughs> yeah, you're in the shirt. You're getting the experience on the pitch, even if it's on the bench. Let's just go with it. Um, to then be, again, I think it was because it was maybe slightly a few points ahead, uh, Simon decided to chuck me on, gave me a go. Um, and within a minute, maybe, even, like maybe yeah. even less, oh, I managed crazy. to then dot down my first try as well, crazy. <laughs> which was quite a, quite a good debut, I think. The rookie. Um, the rookie. I remember correctly. Yeah, that's what I think the the biggest fear for me at that time when I was putting the ball down was whether to actually wait to put the ball down because I'd seen them all like try and waste time. So I was <laughs> waiting behind the line thinking, do I put the ball down or do I try and uh, play it calm and cool? But I think the whole the whole time I was just looked a bit panicked. But it was nice because all the, I think Bibbs was the first one to congratulate me and they're all very, considering I met them, I'd been away with them for a week and that was pretty much it. I'd done some training, but yeah. they were so, they were so happy for me, which was, you could just see them all running towards me with a massive smile on the face. Congratulations here. Big high fives. It was a hell of experience and I, that one that will literally stick with me forever. That is mental. I just, uh, oh. <laughs> and then, and then I got all the WhatsApps from you boys <laughs> filming me. Yeah, I, I, I remember getting like, the, I've got the <laughs> good so screenshot crazy. where like his legs sort yeah. of feel like <laughs> blurred. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. that. That's mental. been one of the the best things about uh, being friends with a, an England Sevens star, we'll say, is living England Sevens through you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up uh, early hours of the morning yeah, to watch yeah. tournament games yeah. on your say. phone yeah, yeah it's brilliant yeah. Oh, it is early too. hours always as well isn't it it's pretty tough to actually follow oh it's fine well. it is well it's normally worth it yeah normally worth well, it yeah. just no but just not in terms so of just like when you get on trying to watch me <laughs> but in terms of whenever I've watched it early hours in the morning I don't think I've ever witnessed a boring game no well, that's which true. is pretty good it's less boring when you're in it as well <laughs> even, even if you get absolutely battered um <laughs> And then, so obviously that tournament, you then get to the final. Did you play did. in the final? Um, I did. I think I got the last minute, 30 counts, seconds. It all minute counts. more than us. Had, yeah. to run, had to run on, uh, throw in the line out. How did that go, Will? <laughs> it actually went to the hands this time. Oh, that was the that one. Was that was fine. Because most of them don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I did think, I think I threw one of my worst passes ever. Mm. Caught it off the line out. Oh, that was it. Through yeah. an absolute shovel. duffer pass, shovel pass, bouncing about four times before it reached Bibbs. Um, I can't remember who was outside him. Someone managed to just calm it all, carry it, calm it down for the next 20 seconds and we beat South Africa in the final for... And, and so your, your first tournament that you've been a part of as a serious like first team, you win, you win like a big weird vase. Yeah. What's it like then? Because obviously there's a few travellers and a few people that have emigrated to... Canada from the UK was there much in the way of like oh my god you're the big deal or was it like <laughs> me a, personally as in, no, as in like a whole team of, of oh. sevens players um no there wasn't like we're a big deal 
Canada and Vancouver is a fantastic tournament because they just love sport. They get really into it. They sometimes, I mean, like when you go to other countries, not everyone understands the rules of sevens. It's it's hard to sometimes explain that it is just rugby, just smaller with fewer people, etc. But they the crowd and not mainly possibly because it was my first cap and I had the experience there and how much I loved it. Vancouver to this day is probably still my favourite uh, tournament to play in. Mm-hmm. It's the, like I said, the crowd, whatever's happening, whatever team's playing they get behind them um, and it's just loud. It's an indoor stadium, which is also probably helps with how loud yeah. it is. Yeah, it's indoor uh, 4G pitch. Yeah. There's a massive like, what's it called? Like a massive like four-way screen, like in America, like in yeah, American yeah. sports yeah. at the top, um, oh, which cool. is pretty awesome. But you, actually, of, sorry, you actually find yourself watching that if you're, <laughs> more yeah, than you're yeah. watching the game. Uh, is there any chance of the ball hitting? hitting it? Yeah, it happened. I watched... Um, Rugby Canada, the, they had a 15s game there last this year, I think, and their fullback went from up and under, kicked it, and it hit the hit the. What, what happens in that? Is that in the book? Scrum? I think they called it for back for a yeah. scrum to whoever kicked it. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's quite funny. I've got a question as well, which I think all of us want to know the answer to. Is after right. yeah, you won the the tournament. Yeah. What were what was there in terms of celebration? Oh. Uh, are, are you professional in terms of? You don't go out or, or it's handshakes and like a lime and soda. <laughs> no, it's uh, as with a lot of sports, it's the second weekend of a two of a long two week uh, two tournament stint for most of those guys. They've been in Vegas before it. Okay. Um, so at the, se- at the end of the second week, there is a license to go out and have a few beers and yeah. enjoy yourself, especially considering we'd won. Uh, so we all went for a team meal, um, had a few beers and just had a good laugh, really. It was and we'll time. leave it there then uh, <laughs> before we okay, delve too deep. Well. Yeah. Who um, governs the, or what is the, who is the governing body of Sevens, England Sevens, or International Sevens? Is it like RFU? Oh, um, World Rugby, I think. World Rugby. World Rugby are the ones that organise it all. You think World Rugby would have uh, switched those two tournaments around so you end in Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably, an idea, Mark. I think that's, that's why, why they, they didn't, didn't. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably. probably why. Was it this tournament that you got a strange call up, or was it another? No, tournament? that's the that's the next one. So uh, I think you should think. tell us about that. Yeah, because obviously, like we haven't okay. been going for ages. Mate, but, but, right. but this still got lots to talk about in terms of England. That this year was, I don't know how to word it. Um, it was lucky for you in the sense that you got to play a good string of tournaments. Yeah. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, off the back of. Other people's injuries. Yeah. Um, mm. You um, got the chance to play in pretty much the rest of the uh, of the yeah. series. Yeah, I missed um, Hong Kong, oh, yeah. which was the one straight after Vancouver, um, but then featured in the next three, which were Singapore, then Bad. Paris, then Twickenham. Mate, oh my was, days! Yeah, which was pretty awesome. The three of us were lucky, uh, lucky enough to go along, weren't we? And mm. uh, what a great day! Remember Twickenham, well. this is yeah. 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 Sculling beers left, right, and centre. <laughs> uh, we all uh, brought a, a, a bigger than life size, a much bigger than life size cardboard uh, yeah. cardboard cutout of of Will. It was very recognisable, which is quite worrying, probably because <laughs> of the size of the ears. I got ma- yeah, I got most of the team to sign my will, but I, I managed to sweat off all the signatures apart, <laughs> apart from yours. Yours is still just on the floor. That's fate. That's brilliant. Um, what, what was it like? One, <clears throat> obviously, we'll get to Twickenham, but 
being able to like string some tournaments together and like getting a full tournament experience instead of just being chucked in there at the last minute. Yeah, it was, I kind of just tried to take on from what I'd learned from that very, very quick one week experience in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I then, I think, went back to uni um, to just sort of get back into stay, uh, get back into studying because I'd obviously missed a full week. Mm. But then um, actually when I was meant to be going on a ski holiday, Oh, yes. Um, which I did go on. We left on the Friday. So the Hong Kong tournament was a three-day, so it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, I left on the Friday to go skiing. Um, got down there, had the Saturday morning and the whole of, I think a little bit of Friday evening and all of Saturday skiing. Uh, Sunday, only managed the morning because um, on the ski, on the first chairlift up, I, my phone started buzzing, got a call. It was Simon Amor on the ski lift, had to take it. He asked how the ski holiday was going, asked if I could come out to Singapore and then ended up getting uh, my dad driving me to Geneva, getting a flight back to the UK. He drove you all the way to Singapore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's commitment. That is commitment. <laughs> and then flew out to Singapore that Monday. So that was an interesting experience obviously I was not expecting it when I was out in I think I was in three valleys um but he to be fair Simon had warned me that I was if there was an injury in Hong Kong that there was potential I'd get called up Mm -hmm. so I was kind of it wasn't a shock this one but it was a bit of a shock to get it on the ski lift yeah yeah what's it like traveling the world playing rugby yeah because you're obviously like almost there's no issue and no thought of budget it's just like we want you out in singapore so we're flying you out to singapore because that's obviously terrible planning everyone knows that you've got to go like skyscanner months in advance (laughs) if if you have if you have to transfer three times you have to transfer three times and have a layover but like it is literally there's no budget just because they want you to play rugby they just get you there other uh, flight websites are available. <laughs> oh, just like to clarify. Like, we are not the BBC. Like we can say that he was trying to get in on that for ages as well. Yeah, just leaning in closer and closer. Um, traveling world is a huge bonus of this prof- specific profession. Um, not many people I know are a massive fan of playing on a cold December Saturday morning snowing or raining and just getting your face cold getting no fingers like we won't be able to feel your fingers by the end of it can't undo your boots so to actually follow the sun where you play not having to worry about that always actually having to worry about probably sun cream other than wearing how many underlayers you're going to wear is such a benefit and you get a week out there so you get a little bit of sightseeing as well so you get to go some cool places but uh the actual playing you get to then experience different crowds mm. i mean aussies are always a fantastic one they're very loud they're not always the biggest fan of the english <laughs> so it's a great crowd to then play in front of in, in terms of climate and, and weather can it is it ever tough going in the other extreme in terms of was it difficult at the start to adapt to much hotter climates yes it was yeah i did it was i was my body wasn't used to it and there was definite um the training around it so that's probably why that's main, the main reason you probably fly out a week before it's just mm-hmm. just to adjust yourself uh mainly to the time zone and to the heat whether it's sweaty whether it's singapore or whether it's just pure heat in sydney there's 
like the way your body reacts yeah. could take a couple of days so you don't want to fly out just before and then suddenly get hit in the middle of the tournament Christ this is 40 degree heat and I have to yeah. play a normal game of rugby um, so that aspect is definitely tough and it was a, de- a learning curve but I think most guys would probably agree that playing in the sun's a lot funner than much in better. the rain <laughs> yeah it's so true much better than the, a cold day in Wales uh, yeah, diff- yeah, slightly. In terms of that, <laughs> more glamorous, yeah. more glamorous. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good. Cold, wet, windy. Uh, what is it? Tuesday in Stoke. In the <laughs> <thing>. yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Um, right. So we're where are? I don't know what's going on. So we we're, need to talk about. We talk about. We've talked about Twickenham a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, I can. Mate, that was a crazy. Twickenham crazy was mad. Twickenham mm. was mad. Really, wasn't it? The whole, yeah. like, the whole thing. What's the highlight of your rugby? Your rugby career. First cap is always going to be sticking there. First try and first win. Happily, they were all at the same place. It's kind of like one. It's all one memory. So, did when you mentioned the first cap this time, did you actually get the cap? Yes, I did actually. After the um, in the evening, we had um, after we got back, it was, we finished quite late with the last game on. We'd um, stayed around a little bit just to thank the fans for being there. Then we went back to the hotel. Um, went into one of the rooms and I got presented my hat, my cap, which was in front of all the guys was a massive honour. And to actually have a, an England cap has kind of always been a dream. Yeah. Uh, it would, and it was now, I think my dad's now got it up on the wall back home. And, and so, what does it look like? And were you expecting it? I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know whether they did them. I didn't know how it would work or whether they would actually give you a cap. Um, but it was, it's like a... A very old. Fa- it's like a like what you what you would imagine it. Oh, fuck's sake, sorry. <laughs> what you would imagine it to be, um, red maroony gold. I think it's gold, like lining, and then it's only just like quite small, so it doesn't really fit your head. <laughs> but it sits on top of it with a little bubble and a little um, tassel. Tassel. Yeah. That's the word. Like a f- uh, accountant. So yeah, it's uh, it's cool actually. And I, my dad, yeah, like I said, Dad's now got it framed which is always nice to go back and see it every now and then, just yeah. to remind you. Wow. And before we move on from kind of Twickenham, can you kind of talk us through the feelings or the, or the I assume, pride when you're standing there as the national anthem went off? In the final. <clears throat> In the final. Yeah, that was, again, another experience that was second to none. It, it can't really be, ever be matched. First time as well is always going to be the most emotional it was I didn't know how I was going to react I never knew I didn't know where I was going to be tearful it was going to be like oh my god I can't believe this is happening but I ended up going out there and I don't think I stopped smiling for about five minutes either side of it because I just knew it was coming yeah. I then knew it happened and during it I was belting my voice showing as much teeth as possible because I was just <laughs> yeah. so happy um, but it was a Brilliant. awesome experience yeah. I was just going to ask or say well something that's really funny about you not in a horrible way no. but just based on what you're saying about you couldn't stop smiling is that whenever you watch whenever we watch you i always notice this whenever we watch you on the tv and you're running out of the tunnel for the game whether you're starting the game or not you just you look just so happy to be there like every single always time the biggest just smile. always just you look like you're absolutely loving it every single time that's mainly because i am it is it's still very new to me and i'm still trying to just love every moment of it it's kind of also become a little bit of a, um, not 
it's definitely not a superstition. It's more of like my way of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. The way that I now think about it is right. Once I've got into that tunnel, enjoy this. You, when you run out, there's normally a big cheer. Taking the crowd, taking how loud it is, taking whether they're booing, taking whether they're cheering for you, and just enjoy it. And then from that, I mean, that thought process just brings on my big smile. And yeah, it's crazy. To what do you? To what extent do you feel like you're possibly famous? In, <laughs> like, is, is there any? Is there any extent or? Like, do you ever feel like, God, these people have ever come to see me? No, <laughs> like, I'd have to rephrase that. Basically, like, <laughs> how not the worst question. Are you yeah. Yeah, we, no, we, but like, do you, to what extent do you feel to a certain extent a bit of a, like, not a famous name and possibly not so yet, but is it, do you think people recognise you to a certain extent sometimes? No. Do you reckon, you sure they don't recognise those ears? Like, <laughs> from the back, they're like, bloody hell, it's Will. <laughs> no, they, whenever they see the ears, they think of Rory. Uh-huh. We get caught up quite a lot, so... If it was ever a photo tagged in, me and him got, well, he got tagged as me, I got tagged as him. It's quite, so it was quite a nice name to be linked with now that he's obviously doing quite well at Bath. Um, but no, definitely, definitely not. It's all, I still, I still treat every tournament as if I was playing in front of friends and family and it was just like another one because that's the best. I mean, that helps in terms of trying to forget about the stage you're playing on and the fact that you're probably I've, playing I've got on. a better question do you ever yeah. feel like playing rugby for England is a job or do you very much still like feel like you're just almost doing it as a hobby it just is on a bigger stage um the only time I get if well, job is probably the wrong word because it's like you said it's a hobby but I'm fortunate to do it six days a week or whatever that's probably the only time is during the training it feels like well because you're in four days a week doing nine till 334 or whatever it is um but then you put that's when you're putting in the hard work like uh like anyone would be preparing for exams or whatever like henry with your accountancy stuff you're doing a prep and then you actually have to do it so in, mm-hmm. in that sense it's very similar because you have the prep you have the pre-season you have the build-up and then the tournament is effectively the exam yeah but the difference between that yeah. and <laughs> ours is the fact that we love the exam enjoy it we really love going out playing playing with each other playing on stage so it's the the nervousness for an yeah. exam is very very different to yeah. the, the nerves that's, that's an interesting concept you kind of alluded to there in the sense that if you've done all of your training as you should be or, or kind of to the to the uh, i guess maximum of your potential when you come to a, a tournament you should be ready for it you should be there should be no nerves obviously there's always going yeah. to be but yeah, I mean that that's that is the dream. It's probably never the case. Yeah. Um, the preparation is always key, and you're still doing preparation on the day when you get there, just to like go over it, or just if they've changed yeah. something on the day and you need to react to it. Exactly. So it's not it's never a hundred percent certain thing, and leading up to it, you do try and do as much as you can, yeah. but you never you never really know what's going to happen on the day, so you have to have those yeah. aspects as well ready. Uh, Talking. Uh, oh, sorry, mate. Go for it. No, okay. Just quickly, and as they say. Um, Fail to prepare. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. To fail. Prepare to fail. What I knew you were going to say is. that. But, Great. but talking of the training, yes, the training is actually quite infamous in it rugby is. circles, isn't yeah. it? Almost as like the toughest uh, like routine out there. Because you were lucky enough to meet Brian O'Driscoll. Was, yeah. And yeah. you ran him through <clears throat> through the regime and we he, had... didn't, he didn't sort of stand up too well afterwards, did he? Uh, it was, it must have been pre-season, I think it was pre-season last year can't i think it was yeah 
And we had, we were, like we said, fortunate enough to meet Bruno Driscoll, get him in um for one of our infamous death zones sessions death zones that's it that's which is sounds, um really fun. yeah well the name kind of sums it up really it's it's effectively the training that gets us to a point where we're fatigued but still have to think because sevens is so quick and the fitness around it is so instant and it's very you get to a level where you're like this is really hurting but you have to be able to think at the same time and you have to carry on going with, you might have two minutes left and you have to score one try, like what are we going to do? We're going to the corner, we're we tapping, that kind of thing. So the death zone session is put in for that reason. It gets us to a point where we're seriously struggling, physic- seriously struggling physically, but then throw in a game or throw in a drill where we have to think about what we're doing just so that we have that preparation. Like you said, for the exam stuff it's not so we're 100% prepared but it definitely gives us the best chance of being prepared for when we're tied in those games you're you're in uh, some good shape well if I I may say Um, really well compared to what you were yeah okay (laughs) aka fat well Um, but like how 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 have you seen that uh, like sort of progress in the last year and also how does your sort of level rank in the in the team in general yeah well in terms of fitness and stuff yeah 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 um who's the fittest in the team <laughs> that's tough um are you up there or are you i'm middle i'm middle middle order middle middle crew um there are some guys so uh mitch bibbs and ollie are renowned for being very fit um and you can see it on the pitch when they're i mean they have to make all the decisions so that's kind of where i'm aiming to be not quite there yet but I, I feel like with a few more well with the practice I could could try and get there um, I think they pro- I think I'd probably say they're they're the fittest but since joining like you were saying since joining Sevens my fitness has skyrocketed I came in pretty unfit and you guys all know what sort of shape I was in it wasn't the best it was very much uh, enjoy what you eat enjoy what you're doing tell me about it <laughs> But, Ross is muscle, that is. <laughs> <laughs> but since joining I've done I mean you, like, you get four, four days a week you get have a gym session every day uh, well every one of those four days a lot of fitness I dropped a lot of body weight I dropped a lot of um, fat so I actually went from being not so great shape to being in better shape nowhere near the finished product and you guys can be witnesses to that it's not quite there hey, i think you look good to be fair it's better but it's definitely <laughs> not there i know that for sure but how do you know when you're there though uh i don't think you ever know never there, yeah. Yeah. you're never there no matter how fit you are no matter how good shape i guess you are in you are never really prepared for the the dark places in sevens because even if you're best at the fitness tests you still get hit by it mm. yeah I think that actually leads on quite well to one of our questions that we've had over Instagram. Oh, okay. segue! <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> this one is from uh, Isaac Cooper 17. Oh, right. Oh. Nice hoops. How much, Cut this out. How much can you bench? How much can I bench? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, are we talking one rep? That's a lie. I don't know. I don't go to the one, gym. Yeah, one rep. Let's, one let's rep. say one that, rep. yeah. One rep. <sighs> I haven't done it in a while. I'm going to have to guess that about... 125 
Mate, that, that's what you told me like two years ago, Will. Yeah, it's because I don't do one rep yeah, stuff no. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite a lot high of power. Fi- high fives on the podcast. Nice, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, another one, Mr. Jack Knudsen. <laughs> nice, lads. How much, how much built on do you consume before <laughs> breakfast? What is your diet built like? Is, 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 <laughs> it, is, it, is sticking to the diet, trying to sort of stay away from the bad stuff? Uh, uh, yes. Tough. Um, yes and no. Living on your own means you then have, it's difficult because then you have to try and figure out your meals, but you get into a bit of a routine in terms of if you, we have, we, there's a nutritionist who helps you with this is good stuff to eat, this is bad stuff. But the, the one of the things that because we're burning so much, how, how all the time we're training, you, we're losing a lot of calories, you still need to replenish it. So there's been a lot of, um, I always thought that Christ, I need to just stop eating like pasta and stuff. But realistically, that's not it. You just need to make the, the meals you have more balanced. So with the pasta, you need to have lots of veg. You need to have a good uh, protein source. You need to try and balance it rather than just going for plain old, uh, literally pasta with a bit of sauce. You need to just balance it and get a bit more into it. It is a case of watching what you eat, but not in the sense of a diet. It's just a case of, would that be detrimental for your training? Would you be able to burn it off? And is it the right thing to be eating? And I think whilst we're on the uh, on the on the questions from our big following, mm, yeah, uh, this next one comes from Henry Nickel. Yeah, does it? Oh, Coolest player you've played against? Oh, good oh, question, Henry. Good wherever question. you are, that's a good question. I know West will be wanting me to say Hirayama. Oh, mate, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about him. What? Oh, love it. I know you're a big fan of him, Nathan. Um, if you're out there. That's... Love your hair. <laughs> I do, mate. I love that man. I. That is a very tough question. I'm trying to think now. We're kind of thinking time out, don't worry. Just oh, Christ. I mean, this, this can be off, off record. Have you played against South Africa? Yeah. What about DJ so Forbes? Played you played against him, didn't you? Didn't yeah. play against DJ. You shook his hand. Well, you, you, you scored a try against New Zealand. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, Mate, I right. remember it so well. Yeah? There's so many. Have you played anyone, like, when you used to play, even when you played for Saris? Did yeah. Did you play against anyone... Yeah, see the ranks there, uh, who was or? who was that guy who was called um, Henry Martin? <laughs> <laughs> um, he was quite nifty. It's <laughs> quite nifty. Um, nifty. Nifty. There's to be honest. There's I couldn't really name one. We were just as we were just discussing. There's quite a few. There's the likes of DJ Forbes, who's a pretty living legend in New Zealand sevens. Um, Cecil Africa. Um, Sanatla, oh. um, Hirayama. Oh. There's so many. I can't. I don't know if I'd be able to. Even a lot Perry of the Baker? England boys. Perry Baker. Yeah, a lot. Of, Perry, I mean, Perry. A lot of the Baker's England boys. Yeah. I mean, I've never, fortunately, never played against them. True. Played but with. Playing with is that obviously Nortz being oh, the Nortz. Nortz being the biggest, <laughs> the highest try scorer ever in sevens is the, pretty. The awesome. funniest thing about that is, well, is I remember um, it must have been. Like 2009 or something, when he was sort of new on the scene, yeah, and and he scored that try in the the London Sevens final to like win the win yeah. the tournament. And I remember like talking about that with you boys. Yeah, like, bloody hell, that Norton bloke, unreal. I unreal. know it is, that's that is one of the weirdest things to think when, like you said, we've always been pretty big rugby fans and would watch the Sevens yeah. and would watch. We were difficult to watch when we were at school with the time difference but when we could we watched the London mm. Sevens um, so then to go from watching 
likes of Norton, Mitchell, Rodders, all those guys, Crazy. to then playing with them was a serious, Christ, I'm playing with my idols a little bit moment when I first started doing it. Now, because of how you realise they're just normal guys, they're just doing exactly what you're doing just a few years before, mm. there's just become like a good mates. They're just like what good teammates, good colleagues, but mm. it is like a tight-knit group of friends, really. How how much influence do you have over your teammates? Is in is there a chance of uh, another it? appearance of a of an England teammate on the Ball Sessions <laughs> podcast? <laughs> so you can see what he's getting at there. I didn't see where he goes. What a question! Um, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, there probably is. Oh, can we get uh, all of them? <laughs> yeah. We've got the next uh, like thirty weeks. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I think we're going to take a break now. Yeah. And then uh, come we break. Come, come back for. For our game. For a great game. Oh, anyway. I'm excited. In a, in a bit. Uh, welcome back, audience, or whatever you are, listeners, to, <laughs> the, to, to the pod. Um, so, as always, we've got a game. And what I haven't told you boys about this week's game is that, or Ross and Martin, is that from what we discussed, I've changed the game. Big surprise. Right. Ooh, Had big a new surprise. idea, executed it, got it done, and here we are. Okay. Today's game... <laughs> He's laughing <laughs> oh, already. <God. laughs> Today's game is called Edwards or Breadwoods. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the okay. way the game works is I'm going to give you a name. Yeah. And you've got to say whether it's a famous person with the surname Edwards or a type of bread. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say if it's a famous person with Edwards or... If they're inbred. <laughs> <laughs> Edwards or inbred. Edwards or breadwoods, all right? Okay, so right. Is it a famous person or bread? For example, uh, I would say Perry, and you would say... Famous. Edwards. Edwards or breadwoods. Oh, Edwards. So wait, wait, what's the bread? So if you think it's a type Perry. of bread... Yeah. yeah. Just Perry. Perry Edwards. Oh, surely so you know is that. Is it Perry Edwards That's or little mix. Perry yeah, a little mix. bread? No. Perry, Perry, Perry Edwards. Edwards. Little Mix. Oh, fuck. Come on, Ross. <laughs> I was like, Perry. Uh, I was thinking Perry Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Perry. Actually, I'll mark it down on here. Um, Perry, okay. Perry Sauce. Perry, <laughs> Perry Sauce. <laughs> Don okay. Perrion. So do we all understand the game? <laughs> yes, we do. We Edwards do, thanks, Ross. Okay, Edwards or so question one. Okay. Peter, Edwards or Breadwoods? Breadwoods. Breadwoods. How do you spell Peter. That's not part of the game, Will. Peter. Wow, well, that makes a difference, doesn't it? Pete, Will, so Peter. I'm going to go Breadwoods. Yes, Breadwoods. <laughs> I was trying to think, make think it was Peter. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I, like... I introed it wrong. I was meant to say an easy one here. Peter. It's actually Pitter. Yeah, we, <laughs> uh, of course. Oh, <laughs> did you not get that? No, I thought... Oh. <laughs> oh. Of course, That's quite good. That the, was good. Uh, the Greek flatbread there. Oh, nice. Uh, sorry, Mark. I, 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 I thought... Mate, I, I'll, I'll count. Yeah, can you do it? Yeah. I, I thought we were looking for um, the brand's name. Oh. Like Clovis. No, it's like That's literally no. types of bread. Let's get oh, okay. Like more okay. bread. So we got to be quicker as well. Question two. Noki. I'm going to say Breadwoods. Noki. I'm going to say Edwards. Breadwoods. That is Edwards. Noki uh, Edwards is a famous musician in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh. <clears throat> nice. Question three is Stotty. Edwards or Breadwoods? Scotty. Stotty. Stotty. With a T. Stotty. I am going to go for Breadwoods again. 
Breadwoods. Breadwoods. That is Breadwoods. That is a uh, flat, round, large bap from the northeast of England. (laughs) 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 Uh, Question four is Braylon. 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 Edwards. 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 Braylon Edwards, uh, the uh, former NFL wide receiver. Yeah, I thought, I thought it? yeah. Um, question number five. Martin, are you looking at it? Okay. Uh, Montu. That's not how you say it. <laughs> Montu. Uh, we'll go Montu or Mantu or Mantau. I'm not sure how you say it. I'm going to go Breadwoods. Yeah, because you can't pronounce Breadwoods, it. Breadwoods, yeah. I'm going to say Breadwoods. Yeah, it's Breadwoods. It's a steamed bun from China made with white flour, often sweetened. <laughs> Oh, I've had one of those. They're really nice. Yeah. Uh, question number six is Ackley. Edwards. Ackley. Ackley. Edwards. Edwards. That is Ackley Edwards. A uh, football player from Trinidad plays for TT Pro League side Defence Force. We've literally <laughs> got every single one so far. <laughs> no, mate, you haven't. No, Will. Will. Yeah. Oh, Will has. Will has. He's an Edwards man. <laughs> um, <laughs> studies the yeah, breads. Next question is Fall. Edwards or Breadwoods? Breadwoods. Edwards. Breadwoods. It's Breadwoods, mate. It's a Scottish flatbread. And the final question, question number eight, is Vanocca. Edwards or Breadwoods? Vanocca. It's for a clean sweep as well. Come on, Will. We've never never had this on the pod before. Vanocca, I'm going to go... Edwards. To catch him up, I'm going to have to go Breadwoods. Breadwoods. Vanocca is Breadwoods. Oh, no. Have we got a type? Breadwoods is a Czech Republic leavened bread. What, Vanocca? Have have we got a tiebreak? Have we ever? Have you actually? I've got a tiebreaker. Well, you can't ask it to yourself. No, he's not in it. Yeah, go on then. Uh, Tiger. (laughs) <laughs> Tiger Edwards Okay boys yep. Yes West. So <clears throat> The tiebreaker question ready. Is How much bread Is consumed mm. Per person In America Each year And we'll go for that In pounds How Nearest pounds? ten uh, Just closest wins mate Pounds is in weight Or price Weights. Wait, mate. Because <laughs> they famously use the power for their currency. Strong <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to account as well, Henry. Yeah. How much bread, how many pounds of bread per year does each American consume? So, I, would, I reckon... I don't know what a pound is. Yeah, that's what I was, I'm struggling To be honest, mate, neither do I. I, I, think, say... I think a pound is 14 something, isn't it? No, stone stone, stone is 14 pounds. Yeah. All right, so think think about that then. Bread is not not always heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the Yanks are. Um, Yeah, mate, true, true. I'm going to say, I'm going to go 150 pounds. William? I'm going to go 950 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is... 53 pounds. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jeffrey's takes the win. Edwards goes for oh, on for the clean over. sweep to the ultimate bottle job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that wraps go. up today's game. Fantastic. And then obviously moving on in terms of both this interview and your life. My life. What is the plan for the next couple of years? 
five years, the future. Post-rugby. Um, Post-rugby? Post-rugby. That's what I was thinking. So... Think long-term. Think always. Dying. Why not eventually? <laughs> Why not a bit of both? <laughs> what, long-term? During, well, when you're your next Rugged. few years and then... Oh, I see. Well, let's, uh, say, no, let's say like the next five years. Yeah. Um, so I've signed a contract for the next year. Woo! Which is always a, a nice little bonus to get in. Yeah, um, nice little there. It's <laughs> a nice dollar in the pocket. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's for until the end of what, 2019. Um, that, I mean, apart from that, I, I haven't really got a lot of plans. Obviously, I told you about my studying ambitions. I'm going back doing my course um, with Loughborough, my mathematics course. Mm. Mm. Nice. Lovely. Um, but that's going to be alongside uh, playing this year. Yep. There's a lot of correspondence going on between myself, uh, Simon and Loughborough to make it work and uh, the RPA who are helping me through it as well, mm-hmm. which is seriously useful. RPA being? Uh, Rugby Players Association. They uh, are, are big for players. Well, it's just the Rugby Players All Premiership players are part of it and we're, we are also. Um, so there we've got Caroline Guthrie, who's our like uh, branch manager, I guess is the best way to describe. So she's been helping me with applying again, um, how it's going to work, how to balance it with rugby and talking to Simon about it as well. So that's the next two years. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, as Ross said, if there's, if, if all goes not to plan, um, at the end of next year, I'll obviously be back up to Loughborough, finish my degree, go that's from there, and then. Well. Come on. But that's yeah, that's on the negative side. F- thinking positively, and what my hopeful plans are is then to then receive a contract at the end of next year. Um, that's obviously the Olympic year. Who knows what will happen there? Um, but that's obviously always a a nice goal to have. Just to, as a, any sportsman would mm-hmm. love to go to the Olympics. So. There's definitely one for me to, I'd love to tick. If you did go to the Olympics and say you were lucky enough to win a medal, would you get the Olympic rings tattooed on you? Um, that would be the, probably the only tattoo I would get. Um, still not hundred percent if, I mean, if I go and all that's kind of got to play into it, but if everything did get, if I did play, did get a medal or whatever, uh, I would definitely probably look at it. Would it have to be a, a gold medal? It would probably play a part. I'd feel like if I didn't get a gold, then it would be a little bit of a, maybe not. But then again, when else are you going to go to yeah, Olympics? Yeah, opportunity. Yeah. Um, should I ask the question? I think we got it. Um, the question. Okay, William. Do you know the question? You probably know that. I do know about well, the question. Yeah, one of our guests yeah, has actually won. <laughs> yeah. um, so, well, as yes. you know, we're expecting a pretty good answer now. So well, Yeah, I was um, cracking on the train. Yeah, in. put that essay away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, my phone. Uh, as you know, we ask our guests one final question. And the yes. question is, if you could give advice to a fellow millennial embarking on their life and dreams, what would you give them as the advice? Um, mine would be, don't take a setback as a setback. I, as we spoke on earlier, I had my injuries. I had my rele- being released from Saris. Um but all of that has paved my path to be where I am now. And it's all stead been put me in good stead. The injuries have made me pretty mentally tough now with injuries. I know it's part of sport. I know it's parts of rugby. 
So that's now made me more aware and more able to deal with it. Um, and being released the first time just made me want it even more. Mm-hmm. So if guys get setbacks, take it too seriously, don't. Because it's quite often what makes what makes you what you are. I fucking love that. Fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. Drop. Um, okay. Should we wrap up? Mate, let's, let's wrap up. So that has been uh, episode 16 of 16. the Bull Sessions. Whoop, whoop. Uh, oh, give them all a listen. Even if you just want to mute them and play them anyway, oh. just for the <laughs> downloads. Tell you what, that's a good, good idea. Well, that would go a long way into uh, yeah. helping us. Uh, please leave us reviews, that sort of thing. Like us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, like our posts. Uh, but I think the last thing that we need to say is uh, thank you very much to Will for coming on well, today. You're a hero. Thank you very much for having me, boys. Uh, hopefully come back again soon. Yeah, once you've uh, won that Olympic medal. If, hey, if yeah. we're still around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah when you have me back on before then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We missed World Cup. Mm, I know. So much, so much to talk about. You, it's been a whirlwind two years. Whirlwind <laughs> two years. Um, but anyway, anyway, thanks for listening again. I've been Ross Jeffries. I have been Henry Martin. And for as long as I can remember, <laughs> I've been Tom West. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Bulls are shown. The Bulls are shown. The Bulls are shown.